I'm Jerry Hancock with Men in Balance. Today we have an interview with Dick Brenner. Um, and the reason we want to talk to Dick is that some years ago Dick had an accident, which we'll get him to tell us about, and his life took a turn that he had not expected. Right, Dick? All right. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks, and appreciate the invitation. So um, those of us who may not know uh, about your accident and your background, let's just walk us through that and sort of what happened and uh, and how long you were laid up and all of that sure that's one of those things that kind of comes out of the sky and happens to you uh, that you can't anticipate it's just the luck of the draw I was um, I came down to Davidson in retirement um, and was here 13 months and decided to go to my first NASCAR race out at Lowe's Motor Speedway and I went with a friend who retired from Texaco with me. And um, we sat through the race and then got up to run across and get our car out of there before it got all backed up. So we're heading across the pedestrian walkway and we heard this sharp ping kind of a noise. And then another one and the floor dropped out. I mean, the bridge fell right in half. And there were 107 people on it. Uh, I was, with my friend Dave, right in the middle. In fact, we were standing on the crack, so it's kind of like being on the Bombay doors, if you will. So we went straight down 26 feet to, uh, to the highway below us, uh, the blessing there is that the cars had not been released out of the parking lot. If they had have been, it would have been an uh, awful mess. So uh, the, the injury count was obviously a lot more serious to those of us who were right in the middle on the crack. And... Uh, those that weren't, that were on the side, just kind of slid. Mm -hmm. So they had a lot of concrete burns, but um, not too badly hurt. I had uh, broken legs, broken hip, broken arm. In fact, compound fracture of my lower right leg. And um, a orthopedic delight is what I called it kind of kept the orthopedic surgeons alive in Charlotte for a few months. So into the hospital I went, and um, my wife, thank God, was not with me. She was in Europe, came back the uh, night that, the next night after I fell. So they put me in a 28-day coma, and um, operated on me, 12 different operations. Uh, ultimately, it led to losing my right leg just above the knee. So I've been in a wheelchair, um, have a, a car that accepts the wheelchair. It's got a ramp in it, and I get around real well with that. But this drug coma I was in, um, it had an interesting ending um, that I probably should tell you about. Yeah, I thought I was going there anyway, so tell me. 
Okay. I had a uh, a dream, a vision. I was sitting on a wall, uh, low, maybe three and a half feet high or so, uh, and there were sharp rocks on it, and it was hurting my bottom. Um, so I was kind of moving around a little, uncomfortable, and it was cold. Um, Reed operating room, by the way, which are cold, and of course my bottom hurt. But I was holding on to something, um, and uh, I had both my arms around this thing. And I, I opened my eyes, and I saw this white uh, cloth, and followed it down to the ground, and there sticking out was a sandaled foot. Well, I became curious, and I turned my head and looked up right into the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. His face was so peaceful, so reassuring. He didn't say a word. He just looked at me. And I looked at him, and the wave of comfort that came over me was wonderful. Um, then I had an out-of-body experience where I floated away from the two of us and looked back down, no more than 10, 15 feet away, and I realized I had my left arm around his left shoulder and my right arm around his stomach and he was holding me to him with his right arm around my right shoulder uh, and and then I went back in and the dream ended hmm. that was um, a very moving incident the most moving experience I've ever had in my life and to this day, when I'm troubled or upset by something, I just go back there and look on his face. Now, you know, how do I know it's Jesus? I don't. Uh, but he had this kind of composite face that's like Jesus's we've seen in movies or pictures or something like that. <clears throat> And um, I just knew. It might have been an angel. It doesn't really make any difference to me. It was certainly a heavenly body. Wow. So this, this event uh, resulted in a major change in your life, right? In your spiritual life, for sure. It was the impetus for that. Right, Jerry? I lay in the hospital for two and a half months, and you get a lot of time to think. You know, here I had retired as the head of human resources for Texaco up in New York, worldwide, um, managing a budget of $39 million a year. And now I wake up in a hospital bed. I can't move. Um, the nurse call button 
is just out of my grasp. I needed her, and I couldn't get it. So you compare those two things, Mm. the control you have as an officer of a major company to a crippled guy laying alone in a room. And my understanding, too, is that your disciple class from church showed up, and this was quite an emotional event, too, was it not? Yeah, it was. I I was studying uh, the disciple program. We had about 14 people in the class. And one night, um, they all came down and stood around my bed. I was out. I was not conscious. They stood around around my bed, held hands, and prayed for probably half an hour. And our pastor, senior pastor, James Howell, walked in on that, didn't know they were there, stopped short and backed out and went out in the hallway and wept. It's one of those experiences that a pastor can have that is so moving because it's all so voluntary. And I heard about it afterwards and went to each of those people and gave them a hug. The thing is that I had no clue about, Jerry, is what prayer can do for you Mm -hmm. while you're laying there in bed. There were hundreds of people, the whole church, the YMCA, my family, other friends from the West Coast, we're, we're all praying, and I, I, I felt it. There were times I, I almost was lifted off the bed with it. It was great. It's got to be the most uh, incredible experience ever to realize the power of faith, the power of prayer, and now it's it being real for you. It, it, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you can talk about it all day long, but when it happens, it gets to be more than talk in a yeah. big hurry. Well, this this accident. Uh, by the way, did Dave make it out of the accident? Okay, I meant to ask that. Well, he he had back injuries and leg injuries also, but he is walking. Yeah. Um, he has issues with elimination, but but uh, he's he's all right. Yeah. So you've had a number of health issues since that, resulting from that, and and that that's got to be a test of your faith too. How did you get through all that? Well, well, with good doctors and uh, and paying attention to early warning signs, I I um, I seem to have this predisposition to get um, sepsis, a blood infection, and become septic. So I I have to get different antibiotics for that when it's required, and. Um, and uh, I, we, we, every time that happens, you're reminded of how you need to pray and how I did pray uh, myself. But when I was laying in that bed in the hospital, I, I, for the first time in my life, made a serious commitment to Christ. Uh, I mean, I grew up as an Episcopalian in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and was an acolyte and all that stuff but you know you're kind of you don't know what you're doing Um, I sure do now and have 
devoted many hours since that time in different capacities helping people and and that has felt really good mm. Jerry uh, for instance we started a group that's helping people to find jobs that have been laid off here at the church um, 13 years ago and it's an enormous time commitment to host meetings and then coach people individually on interviewing and and you met with people individually just to learn what they could do right right. yeah every person but the the joy of that is that in those 13 years we placed 476 people in jobs that's great and that feels good yeah so talk to me about the old Dick Brenner and the new Dick Brenner post-accident. What, how would you compare the two? Well, the body's different, too, because I, I had two legs back then, right. but <clears throat> the spirit is quite different. It, it's, it, it happens to you if you are very successful in whatever your endeavor is. Mine was um, in business leadership and human resources. When you are promoted as I was and and given the recognition that I got, you, you, you begin to feel as though the world owes you something. You know, it's like these presidents and chairmen we read about who abscond with company funds um, they they lose their values and I will tell you I lost mine I I did things that I'm ashamed of um, I became a, an adulterous man which cost me my first marriage of 20 years and my wife now Eileen and I have a wonderful relationship uh, since that but um, I haven't I haven't even thought of an adulterous situation since that time I've tried to wash that out of my life and it still that behavior still Jerry haunts me I mean I still ask God's forgiveness and I know he's saying Dick I've already forgiven you forget (laughs) about it well maybe you've got a higher standard than he does (laughs) well I don't think so (laughs) so you're you're expecting more of yourself than God is (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't go there (laughs) well um, so some if you could counsel other men who are in the middle of their career and um, facing these temptations that all of us face when we're in that situation and moving up in the world and moving up in the in their career, what advice would you give men? Well, it, it, this is the most important advice anybody can get. <clears throat> Man, woman, whatever. Find yourself with a group of friends with whom you can talk honestly and confidentially. I had that group, but I kept my behavior, my adulterous behavior, from them. Uh, A, quote, secret. 
I wish that I hadn't done that. And I wish that I would have said, guys, let me tell you what's going on with me. And let them coach me and hold me to a standard of behavior that I should have been held to. Uh, you you got to have somebody coaching you. And it um, it's very hard to change without that. And, and have somebody hold up to you a, a mirror and, and let you see yourself destroying your family, in my case. And um, I, uh, we started a number of groups like that uh, here in Davidson since we moved here. And uh, we started a men's group. We've got a number of small groups meeting. And guys in particular have to talk about this stuff. It's easier for women, but men in town, they got to keep it quiet and act like everything's fine. But I'll tell you, I find that a lot of men are really hurting mm. inside. Yeah. Well, which, of course, is the mission of Men in Balance, to get guys just talking openly about that sort of thing, right? So, yep. Um, so it, so if, if you had had such a group, do you think that would have uh, changed your behavior, or would you just have avoided the group? Well, I think it certainly would have helped. You know, it, depending on what happened, I would I would have brought the subject up. Yeah. And that's a start, yeah. and you've got to do that before anything else. And I'm sure the reaction of some of them would be complete and total shock. Mm-hmm. But um, Actually, I, I would doubt that. You know, there's, there's people, uh, when they open up, they do share. And, and what I like about men's groups is that we realize we are all more similar than we are different. We've all got the same issues. Um, all of us face temptation. All of us face... Uh, the challenges of living spiritually, you know, appropriately, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so you're on a good path now. Uh, I am. Yeah, I sure am. You feel uh, confident about the future, and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 73 now. <clears throat> I'm still active. I'm out every day doing things. Um, we have a wonderful home and. The town of Davidson is terrific, a great church. I'm on the board of the Y and uh, am doing a number of things there. It's just a really good part of my life. Wow. Well, Dick, uh, our time is up, but I really want to thank you for coming, talking to us, and sharing your life story because it is a, it is a lesson for all of us, I think, to pay attention to. Uh, it just so happens that in your case you uh, learned it one way all of us can learn it a different way if we just choose to do that once again thanks for being with us well thanks for the invitation jerry i'm jerry hancock for men in balance